TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. And welcome in our buddy Joe Patrick. Joe, feel like it's been doing, brother. I know. It, feel, it does feel like it's been a minute. I've been I've been good. It's been, you know, an interesting here few weeks of the season here for the Falcons. So I'm um, sure there'll be a lot for us to discuss here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first of all, here's here's the way I want to frame this whole London scenario that we have going on where this team is right now two and one and with the importance of this game to sort of reestablish their identity as a team when it comes to running the ball and when it comes to being a team that's going to get after the quarterback do you feel like this is a good time if at all to be playing a game overseas I I do I think it doesn't even necessarily have to be overseas I, I think that there's when you're a team early in the season it's good to kind of have a a longer or more road where you're gone for a longer period of time. You're kind of in the bunker with your, with your teammate. Um, last year, there was a great example. This last year, they, uh, not that game. they went and played the Rams, lost that game after losing a heartbreaker to the Saints in the opener. And then they had this kind of trip where they then stayed out on the West Coast and played Seattle and, and came out with a big win. Offense looked a lot better that week, coincidentally. Um, and so I think that this London trip is kind of similar. You know, I, I think that it, it will be kind of a good – change of pace kind of week for this team to kind of get them out of the, the rut that they left themselves in having gone up to Detroit last week and just gotten their doors blown off. And I think when, when you talk about that loss, it's not just the fact that they lost that game. And it's not even just the fact that they were sloppy and just the offense was couldn't get anything going that day. But it's something that Arthur Smith said on the Monday following the, the day after the game, which was that we just didn't match their intensity. And, and I think that, you know, that this trip can be something that, um, kind of gets you away from that a little bit. It, it kind of distances your, you, you from that feeling, but also with the you know experience that you do have to kind of, all right, we get that out of our system. Let's make sure that that does end. And so I think for that reason, it's going to be a really interesting matchup. And I think that we get a much different looking Falcons team tomorrow. Not letting it happen again. How does this team get back to their identity on offense, which is running the ball to set up plays to their big physical playmakers down the field? Because they certainly have not been able to do that early. Yeah, it, you know, it's something I, I asked Arthur Smith uh, last, this Monday uh, following that game, which, which was, you know, when a team like the Lions did in that, in that game Sunday comes and just stacks the box against you and challenges you in doing in, – in, into, you know, getting away from what you feel like you do best, which is being a physical football team, running the ball, and then having that kind of open up other parts of your game. You know, Arthur Smith said, he's like, you have to – when teams do that, you have to be able to hit – the counter plays that are going to go against that, not, not necessarily the counter, like a counter run, but like, you know, um, maybe a tunnel screen or, uh, you know, some quick motion passes to exploit the fact that Detroit was in, in that particular game was really 
um, kind of crowding the box. And I, I expect the Jaguars to do the same because that tactic works so effectively for the Lions. But uh, to get to your question, like, it's about hitting some of those plays early. And if you are able to do that, then that forces the team to adjust to have to kind of go back to some of their typical rules. And that will allow you to then go back to the run game and get it going. But I, you know, make no mistake. I think the Jaguars are going to come in, load the box, basically do the same thing that the Lions did. And it's really on Desmond Ritter in this, in this offense to have something going and, and but it's not just even Desmond Ritter. I think that it's down to Arthur Smith too, like, like the, and, and the offensive line, like all these, people have a place in making sure that this offense is successful, but ultimately the responsibility does come down to the quarterback. He's got to be able to make the throws. He's got to be able to make the reads and put this team in a position where they can get that kind of stuff going. So they do have to get that going. I don't think that they're going to be able to just like run the ball all, all, you know, from, from the beginning of the game to the end, but if they can hit some of those counters that get the Jaguars kind of on their heels a little bit, that is what's going to be able to allow them to establish that running game. They became known for last year. What, in your best opinion, explains the way that the right side of the line has performed through the first couple of games? <laughs> I have one theory. I mean, generally, you know, listen, if you look at – actually, if you go back to the, the matchups that the Falcons and Caleb McGarry specifically had last year, the team actually got pretty fortunate. They missed out on some big-time pass rushers of opponents they were playing. Like, if you talk about – um, you know, they missed Nick Bosa. They missed Joey Bosa when they played the Chargers. They, they missed all sorts of guys. I feel like there was a stretch of like five or six games where they just, the teams they were playing happened to be missing some of their opponents. So I think that some of it is down to the fact that maybe last year wasn't the best representation, the most honest representation of who Kayla McGarry is as a pass protector. Having said that, I think he can be much better. I think he's clearly been off his game. Um, I have a theory that maybe like I, Arthur Smith mentioned at the end of training camp that there was a bit of a bug, a, a little bit of an illness. I do wonder if that has played into effect. We saw Bud Dupree miss a day with an illness last year. I myself was sick, uh, you know, after week one. I had no idea, but like I just know that there's something going around town. So that could be something that is impacting that game. And again, when Bud Dupree came up on and missed that day of practice. Um, that made me think that I, I do wonder if there might be still something lingering. But um, but uh, but at the end of the day, like these are football players, and they got to be able to go out there and perform. And if they weren't capable of playing because they were sick, then the coaches wouldn't put them out there. So um, there's no excuses in that respect. They just got to go out there and get the job done. And you got to think that just with especially the professional that Chris Lindstrom is, when you talk about that right side of the offensive line, you got to think that they're going to get things down. And I think that you know they they, they will do that. I, I think that you know again, I think it was a bit of a wake up call last week, a bit of a slap in the face um, that could potentially get them right going into this one against the Jags. Talking all things Falcons with our buddy Joe Patrick here on the other side of the glass. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, to the defense now, Joe. This was supposed to be the year, right? Sack, 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 sacks. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. Do you think it will? I am. I feel like I'd come down more on the pessimistic side of this argument. Uh, at least if you were, were to talk to the coaches, like Ryan Nielsen will tell you, like, look, the pressure is like they've been there. We hit the quarterback a bunch in Detroit. Um, you know, these are all good signs. And we think that because of those underlying numbers and the sacks are, are going to come. And I think that there are some specific nuances that, that, that I would put forth that maybe would, would state something different, which is that, it just seems like these defensive linemen for the Falcons, while they are clearly like much bigger dudes, powerful guys, and that certainly has its benefits, especially in the run game, it just doesn't seem like there's that threatening speed rush that can get to the quarterback super quickly, you know, that 
Um, for example, a guy like Arnold Ebicady did, I don't know if you remember, in, the, in uh, the preseason game against the Dolphins, where he just like, you know, there's one play where he just comes off and gets a good jump, has a nice spin move, gets the quarterback right away and gets a sack. It just doesn't feel like that kind of play exists for this Falcons defense. It seems like the sacks are going to come because the secondary is much improved. I think that, you know, Jared Goff, when you look at some of these quarterbacks, they have kind of held on to the ball a little bit. I just worry about the speed in which the rush can actually get to the quarterback. Even if you look at what Goff was able to do last week, and again, this is credit to him because he's a good quarterback, but he was actually just, he was able to sense the pressure coming and then get rid of it. Uh, and that's where, again, I feel like it's the, when if you have that kind of speed rusher, it almost doesn't give the quarterback enough time to even think that way and, and be able to make those, those kinds of moves and they just go down for a sack. So I'm a little bit more pessimistic overall on the edge, ru- or at least on the pass rush in general. It, it seems to me at this point, and I know a lot of Falcons fans would have loved to see this this year too, but it certainly seems like you could already pencil it in for them drafting an edge rusher with their first pick in the draft wherever they are, um, because it just seems like such a clear need for this team. But again, I, I don't think that this is kind of, when we look at the longer term picture, it is kind of a, I don't think that this team is like fully developed yet. You still have some bridge guys, guys on one-year contracts who are, are, are doing a job now and I think will definitely help this team and are an improvement over what they had last year. But I still think there are some long-term pieces where you feel like you can slide some guys in um, that you know are still in college right now uh, and, and be kind of better, better suited for the long-term. But I think it's definitely a work in progress this past rush. And, uh, oh, also, Chris, I think that's where you losing Troy Anderson really yep. hurts because he was the guy who got a sack in that opening game. And he's the guy who at least has some speed. When you bring him on as a blitzer, uh, you know, he can get to the quarterback quickly, which is a different element that this defensive line doesn't have right now. All right. Been saving this one for the end because I know, I know it's going to get a strong reaction out of you as it has from our Uh-oh. listeners and everyone on Dukes and Bell listening this week. This Uh-oh. was the week, Joe. It took Have you been two... looking at lists? No. Well, there was a list. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There was a list on ESPN.com of the six most quarterbacks that are likely to be benched this season. Uh-oh. Desmond oh, no. Ritter made the list. So we asked the fans about it on Dukes and Bell, and I just spent the first 40 minutes of my show taking phone calls from Falcons fans <laughs> talking about how long should the leash be for Desmond Ritter if the team, basically this, Joe, if his growth and development is not matching where the rest of the team is. Man, it, I mean, it's tough. It, it, it is. This is a really tough question. Um, and, and it's tough in part because it's like, okay, yeah, if the team loses its next five games or something, then like, yeah, you, you can't keep going with that. That's kind of a crisis. And it, but, it, you know, when you come off of a really bad loss like we saw against Detroit, until we see something different, it's going to feel like that continues. Just like That's just like the feeling that you have as a fan. Um, I have confidence, first of all, in Ritter that he's going to, you know, do the things that he, that Arthur Smith needs him to do to be successful in this offense. But again, I think it's an interesting question because I've heard this posed. And if you go back to last year, you know, they were saying like, well, they stuck with Mariota for such and such. But I think it's clear. I would say to argue that point, it's actually it's clear that this team has its sights set differently. Like this is a team that is dead set on making the playoffs and winning the NFC South. And so if you don't have a quarterback that's giving you what you need to be able to to do that, then I think there's actually more of an incentive to to change the quarterback this year than there was last year, because this year, that's your goal. And you, and you specifically signed a backup quarterback that has a lot of experience. Having said that, I see a lot of people who are like throwing Heineke. He's the better quarterback. I think that that is a lot of um, – obviously, he has more professional experience, but he hasn't played in the system before. And I think that's a lot of just like, 
you just want what, what is unknown versus kind of the devil you know, right? So I, I think that that just assuming that Heineke is going to be better is is a is a leap of faith that people just make kind of that's kind of unfounded to be perfectly honest. So I think for that reason, uh, I think we're going to see this team stick with Desmond Ritter probably through the rest of the season because again, I don't think that this team is going to go through a massive spur, a drought like you know we kind of feel like it's going to be coming off of that one terrible loss. Now, before I let you go, one sort of caveat to what you just said. What if the rest of the team plays as has been or even better, but clearly the one outlier is Ritter and he continues to put up the stat lines like he has in two out of the three games this season where the passing yards and the touchdowns are just not where they need to be? Yeah, I think if if that is the case, I think that they would do whatever it whatever it takes to win games, and that would include putting the best player on the field at that position. And if it's clear that doesn't that you know they're seeing in practice that that, that Taylor Heineke is the best quarterback, I mean Arthur Smith always says our goal is to be come in here and be objective every day. They're not like handing this on a golden platter to to Desmond Ritter because you know they think such and such of him. Like I think that they will do what is best for the team. Uh, but I think that right now they think that that doesn't Ritter is, is, is the best uh, opportunity for this team to be successful. So that's kind of where I land. But to your point, I'm, I'm actually, I feel like I'm actually um, more, I, I think that there's more of a chance that they, that they could bench him at some point. I just don't ultimately think it will happen because I do think that doesn't Ritter is the better, better quarterback and gives them the better prospects to win week in, week out. From your lips to the Falcons players' ears, my good friend Joe. <laughs> I hope so as well. I want Ritter to succeed. I want yeah. him to be the guy. My concern yeah. is that there's so much invested in this team. They said, wait, you know, we're going to have two, three years where we're, you know, cash-strapped and under the, the cap and the financial flexibility is going to be so limited that it's going to take us a while to get out on, from under it. Now they are. Yeah. They spent yep. the money. And if the thing that's holding you back is the quarterback, then that's that becomes well, a problem. And I, I know we're up against the break, but just really quickly, like, I, and I think that that's one of the benefits of having a quarterback in Ritter who's only making like a million dollars or a million and a half or whatever it is. They are not married to him, uh, so they can move on. But that that's kind of the luxury that you have with a player like him. So again, that's one reason why I think that they will do whatever they think is going to give the team uh, the best chance to win. Um, and if you know, they could very well go after a quarterback in the next year's draft or in free agency or whatever. Like we'll see how it all pans out. But I think there's just it's still a lot to be determined between now and and then. All right, Joe. Appreciate you as always. Enjoy waking up at uh, the crack of dawn tomorrow yeah. for this game, my <laughs> friend. I will enjoy that. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate uh it. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.